Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I'm going to a little bit because I want to make some comments about the verses surrounding this 18th verse. The 18th verse of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just a few short words, says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let us pause for a moment of prayer. Our Father, we thank you that we can come in this season of the year to offer our Thanks unto you for the many bountiful things that we share at your hand. We thank you for your watch care. But above all, our Lord, we thank you for salvation that we know in Jesus Christ our Savior. We thank you for loved ones and friends with whom we shall share this season of the year. Thank you for the privilege of coming home or going home. We thank you for this church and for what it means to us and for those who work so diligently to bring our addition to completion. We thank you for friends with whom we can share the good times as well as the bad. We thank you for the Bible in which we can find your written word, the revelation of your truth to us through its pages. We thank you for now this service that we can come together to share together. Our Father, we pray that if there is any individual in this congregation who does not know you today, that your word would sink deep into the depths of his soul, But our Father, for those of us, and perhaps all of us, and at least most of us who are Christian today, we pray that you would use your word to lift us up. We can praise your name and thank you for your very self, who gave his life on the cross of Calvary, that we might be able to sing your praises know that we have victory through Christ our Savior, whose name we pray. Amen. In this first Thessalonians and the scripture that we read, just one short verse, you will find that it is surrounded by several other short verses that admonish or encourage us as Christian people to do certain things. In the 16th verse, we are reminded to rejoice. In the 17th verse, we are advised to pray. And in the 18th verse, to give thanks. In the 19th, he tells us to not do something, that is, to not quench the Spirit. In the 20th verse, he tells us to not despise uh, prophesying or preaching, if you will. In the 21st verse, to prove things, 
and to hold fast to what we find is good. In the 22nd verse is to stay away from any appearance of evil. And then in the 23rd verse, he almost says, and I believe he is saying, encouraging us to uh, to be advised that the God of peace will as a consequence for these things that he has just given us in these verses sanctify us. And then he says to pray that God will, uh, with uh, our whole spirit, our soul, and our body, all three dimensions of us, preserve us blameless until the Lord Jesus returns. But I want us to focus on the text, the 18th verse this morning, because this is Thanksgiving time. If you would read this same verse from other translations, you might find it say, uh, being spoken this way, maintain an attitude of gratitude. Or you might find it be thankful in all circumstances. And I like that particular translation. The King James says, in everything give thanks. Meaning, therefore, whatever it might be, that we ought to be thankful. Over in uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, in verses 6 and 7, well, 5, 6, and 7, let me read those verses to you. And as you're turning to them, I think that we will be able to interpret these verses a very, uh, in a very short manner, in a very few words, to simply say, don't worry about anything. I remember in our BYF uh, camping trip that we took some weeks ago that uh, Mary was really going over, I don't know where that came from, first time ever I ever heard it, don't worry, be happy. The rest of you know that. I heard somebody say that on the streets of Logan this week, and I about dropped my false teeth if I'd had any. Uh, I thought Mary's the only one that knew that, and there, apparently that spread pretty well. I think this verse from Philippians says that. Don't worry, be happy. I don't know what other phrases, Mary, you put with it. I remember there were several others, but that, and she made up some. I know she did. Those weren't all in there. But this one, particularly, I think, fits, don't worry, be happy, the things that are said here in Philippians. Uh, Particularly, well, let me read it. Let your moderation be known to all men. Verse 5 of of chapter 4. The Lord is at hand, meaning the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And then verse 6, be careful for nothing, means, I think literally, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, notice the word, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And as a consequence, then, he goes on and tells us what will be the consequence of our having this attitude of prayer and thanksgiving. He says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, in other words, which is beyond comprehension, the peace of God, which is beyond comprehension, 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a time of thanksgiving. I want to suggest four things for which we ought to be thankful this morning, and to do it, I'm going back into 2 Corinthians and also 1 Corinthians. And if you'll go back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, first of all, stay in 2 Corinthians when you get there, because I'm going to read uh, three other verses from also this same book. But going, first of all, to chapter 9, verse 15 of 2 Corinthians, we're going to discover something for which we ought to be thankful. In the 15th verse, he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks for something. Thanks for the gift. The first thing that we ought to be thankful for is the gift that God has given us. Now, of course, we immediately recognize that that's eternal life. If there is anything that we ought to be thankful for this morning, it is the gift of God. What does it mean, unspeakable? It means that which is indescribable. It means that which is priceless. That which there can be no value placed on it. Thanks to God for the gift that he gives. We're approaching Christmas and we're already beginning to think about gifts. You know, there are three blessings in giving. And I want to suggest them to you. Number one, there is the blessing of giving. The scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think it would be proper if this Christmas, when we talk to each other about Christmas and start asking the questions as we usually do, what did you get for Christmas? It would be better if we asked the question, what did you give for Christmas? That has more value. What of ourselves did we give rather than what did we get? It describes a person who is unselfish in willing to uh, separate himself from something that is his and give it to somebody else. The giver is more blessed than the, than the one who receives. Secondly, in the process of giving, the person who receives is as well blessed. I think not as well blessed as the giver, but there are many things that we ought to do for others in order that they could be blessed by what we do. But more importantly than these two is the fact that if we give with the right attitude of heart and mind, God will get the glory. And that is the greatest blessing of any giving at all. God will get the glory. But thanks be to God for what he gave us is the real theme of uh, this verse in 2 Corinthians. God ought to be praised today for what he has done for us. He is the greatest of all givers. The greatest of all givers. And as a result of our receiving his gift, God is blessed. The giver is blessed. And that's the way it ought to be. The Lord God ought to be recognized and honored for what he gave us. 
he ought to be the great, the one who gets the great blessing. Secondly, let us go to the second chapter of 2 Corinthians. Same book, second chapter, verse 14. You're going to discover the word thanks in all these verses that we're reading. The second chapter, verse 14, says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest, that means known, and makes known the Savior, don't read that Savior, that's not Christ is talking about, makes known the savor, that is the fragrance, the sweetness of his knowledge of us in every place. All right, now let's take a look at that verse. I want to suggest to you that the second thing we ought to thank God this morning for is success. Success. And you might say, I'm not very successful. I haven't achieved much. Don't be mistaken. The person who is a Christian has achieved the most important status, position, value, wealth there is in life. It is only the non-Christian who is the failure. It matters little what we gain financially. It matters not what kind of automobile we drive or what kind of a house we live in or whether we have a job or don't have a job, whether we have health or no health. The only thing that matters is what we have done with Jesus Christ. And the one who has become a Christian has become fully successful. And that's what he's saying. Thanks to God that causes us to be successful in Christ. Over in Romans 8.28, you don't need to turn there unless you want, but you remember the verse very well. It says all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. I think that verse is misinterpreted many times, misunderstood. I think sometimes we take that verse and say that, that God causes all the things to take place in our life, even the bad things, he causes them to take place. And I don't think that's true at all. I think we are misinterpreting the scripture if we think that uh, we're going down the highway 90 miles an hour and have an accident that God caused the accident. Let me tell you, whenever we violate the law, we have taken ourselves out of the protection of God and we're on our own for the most part. Because God has established law and order. And when we violate that, we are violating God's law and there is no reason for us to think that God ought to preserve somebody's life who has violated the principles that God has established. So what is he talking about here? Even out of those events that are tragic, 
I can see God's hand at work, and although it may be tragic and unfortunate and devastating to us, I can see God's hand at work, and as I sat working on this sermon and thought back over my life at the tragedies that I have experienced and have been a part of, in every one of those I have discovered God took something and made it good out of that tragedy. If we're going to look at it properly. He says that we ought to smell the fragrance. Smell the fragrance. Every once in a while, we, some of us, take a vacation. And uh, we don't like a few people go to Florida to live. We just go down there to vacation. And what do we say we're going to do down there? We're just going to lay in the sun and soak it up. We're not going to have a worry in the world. Just get out there on that beach and really enjoy soaking up the sun. We're going to bask in the sun. He talks about breathing in sweet odors, sweet fragrances. Very similar phrase. I never will forget, still do it, when I smell homemade bread baking, I stop and just breathe in till my lungs won't hold anymore. That is the sweetest smelling odor that can come out of any woman's kitchen is homemade bread being baked. And I'll stop, and I know you have done the same and really breathed it in. The story is told of a young man who was walking his sweetheart down the street, and they went by a popcorn stand, and she said, My, that popcorn smells good. He said, It does, doesn't it? You want to walk back by so we can get another whiff? <laughs> We want to breathe it in. All of us have taken a flower and put it to our nose and breathed in that we might enjoy the fragrance of that beautiful flower. What is he saying? Jesus is beautiful and we ought to breathe in all of him the fragrance of Jesus Christ. Be thankful how sweet it is that Jesus is our Savior. And we owe our success to his death on the cross of Calvary. We ought to soak it up, breathe deep, that we could enjoy the blessings that God has provided through Christ Jesus. All right, thirdly, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. strange verse to you. Verse 16. And you will first of all think, what on earth does this have to do with anything? But don't despair. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm going to explain it to you, I hope. Verse 16 says of 
chapter 8, but thanks, notice the word again, thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. Doesn't mean a thing, does it? All right. To understand that verse, you've got to go back a little bit. First of all, I think you could start back in verse 9, which is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? You ought to thank God for Titus, who has the same concern for you that Jesus had for you. Now, it makes sense. Does it not? This is my third point. I think we need to thank God for those who care. Like Jesus cares. That's what he was saying about Titus. To the church at Corinth, Paul was saying, you ought to thank God for Titus because he has the same kind of concern for you that Jesus had for you. I believe Thanksgiving is a time when we ought to stop and reflect in our lives to people who have had an influence upon us and thank God for them. You can think of Sunday school teachers who have had a tremendous influence on your life. You can think of pastors who have had a tremendous influence in your life. You can think of teachers or coaches who have had a tremendous influence in your life. Years I taught, one of the, one of the concerns I had was that nobody really appreciated what I was trying to do. I still have that concern as a pastor. But oftentimes, people really, in you know, my mind, my feeble little mind, don't seem to appreciate uh, what I'm trying to do. Sunday school teachers, and I've taught Sunday school, and maybe some of you have felt that, nobody seems to appreciate that I spent hours getting ready for this Sunday school lesson. Did we as a class this morning say to our teacher, I appreciate what you did, the effort that you put into it, the time that you took to prepare, uh, we, we ought to do that. But I think as we get down the road and reflect back, we can say to ourselves, I remember the tremendous influence that somebody had. I think we ought to go to those somebodies and thank them for it. I have no doubt in my mind that Someday will come when Bob Mullins, and I, I wanted to, uh, wished he were here this morning. He's, he's speaking at Madison this morning uh, in the First Baptist Church. To say to him as a coach, as we all know, he does more than coach a football team. He, he handles young men. And the influence that he has over them, I'm sure that he wonders what value is there in his knocking himself out for this purpose. But I think the day will come when there's going to be some young man or more than one who will come back to him years from now and say, thank you for being the man that you were. I think you Sunday school teachers will find that same thing happening when somebody is going to thank God that you were like Jesus Christ had the same spirit that he has, who really loves like he loves. There are people like that. Fourthly, the choir sang victory in Jesus this morning. I want to go back to 1 Corinthians this time, chapter 15. 
Verse 57. Another thanks. This time I think the scripture is telling us that we ought to thank God for victory. He says, thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that many of you, and I as well, have times when we think that we have been defeated. We have not been successful at all. We absolutely are defeated. There are many people in our congregation who feel defeated with sickness, broken bodies. We have a lot of sickness. Our bulletin is full of people with illnesses. We have a tremendous amount of cancer in this community and amongst our loved ones. Almost none of us have escaped some association with somebody who is going to die with cancer. And we mention them. Others who have heart problems. Others with whatever sicknesses there may be. With deformities or accidents where they have been hurt. And we feel in those cases that we're defeated. Some have expressed defeat when it comes to losing somebody in death. And that was the very point at which the verse that we just read comes into being. In that the Corinthian people were questioning Paul about whether there was any future. They were actually looking down into an open grave and seeing their loved ones buried and beginning to wonder, is this really all there is? Is there life beyond the grave? And Paul's talking about the corruptness of the body in the grave that will not remain such, but that will become incorruptible. He talks about the mortal, the, the physical, the being changed and becoming immortal. He's talking about death being transformed. It's no longer the end of things. It's really only the beginning. When death becomes uh, swallowed up by what he calls in verse 54, victory. Then he asked the question of death, and he asked the question of sin. Where is your success? Death, where's your sting? Sting, the sting of death is sin. Body says the strength of sin is the law, but we're not under law, we're under grace. And we can thank God that we have overcome, and we're victorious today because of Jesus Christ. I don't remember who sang the song. And I probably am wrong in saying it was Frank Sinatra. But if you remember, you tell me afterward and I'll put it in my notes so that I'll have it right next time. But I remember long time ago hearing somebody sing, Thanks for the Memories. Am I right on who sang it? I'm not right. Who? Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Thank you. 
I didn't know. Okay, now I'll start over. Bob Hope sang, Thanks for the Memories. I want to suggest to you this morning that there's another song we ought to sing, and Bob Hope, I don't know if he can sing it or not, but we can, and that is, Thanks for the Victory that we have in Jesus Christ. The scripture says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Tonight we're going to sing this song, but I already had it in my notes before I knew we were going to sing it in tonight's service. So let me read it to you, and you'll be prepared to sing it tonight. It's a song of thanksgiving. It says, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me that great salvation, so rich and free. We've got it. We're not defeated. We can praise God this week with thanks in our heart because of what he's done for us. Thank God that he loved us enough come to this world, die for us, that we might praise his name. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.